Welcome to Becoming Unshakable with Sarah Wolf and Patri Hunty. The purpose of this podcast is to empower you to improve your life and become your own coach. Together, we will guide you through mindset techniques and psychology tools that we have applied to change our own lives and to help others do the same. During these episodes, we'll be taking you through mindset exercises and practicalities so you can feel free to get your journal and your favorite pen and take some notes along the way. everyone and welcome to today's podcast. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Michelle Carroll and I'm so excited to introduce her because today we're going to be talking about all things body image and the reason why I wanted to bring that into it was because well first of all Michelle is very special. Head over to her Instagram. She's feckin hilarious and also she just has an extreme amount of research on body image and body acceptance on even relationships and body image which is what we did well, dating and, re- and body image, which is what we did recently. So definitely go check her stuff out. But we're just basically going to dive deep into being comfortable in your body and just sort of scratch the surface on how basically how women are impacted by those that maybe social media, whether it's magazines or anything like that, any sort of external sources and how that would impact our self-worth overall because naturally I talk about self-worth a lot I talk about self-esteem a lot and I really want Michelle to give you a little bit of an insight as to how body image can have an impact on that and the way we see our bodies so Michelle over to you if you want to give a little introduction of who you are how you even got interested in this and yeah I think we'd all love to hear it (laughs) obviously my name is Michelle Um work as a body image researcher so I'm just started my PhD research at the University of Edinburgh. Uh, we look at disordered eating and body image issues among fitness professionals and then I'm also an online coach so I primarily coach people around improving their body image and their relationship with food. I kind of got started with this because I've always had an interest in exercise training and then I struggled a lot with my own relationship with food and I kind of just wanted to read a bit more around it. I really struggled with binge eating and obviously being the type A person that I am and unwilling to do any of the deep work. I thought if I just read all of the articles, all of the science behind it, I would just be able to stop binge eating. I thought that I would find some sort of cure and some meta-analysis somewhere and basically just wanted to avoid doing the hard necessary work. And then ultimately, I found out that you couldn't do that. You couldn't intellectualize your way out of binge eating. You had to actually go away and do the work. And I really liked it because the evidence is there to support this kind of body image focus, like improving your body image can really help with your relationship with food. And as someone that was a skeptic for so long, any kind of this mindfulness, deep work, I thought was stupid and ridiculous. I was like, surely that's not grounded in evidence. Therefore, I don't have to buy into it. But unfortunately for me, the evidence was there and it actually did work for me. And the more I read about it, the more I kind of found a passion for it and just saw the real life applications of something that's typically seen as like woo woo hippie bullshit is actually heavily grounded in science. And it's actually really, really effective for both me, my own development, my own relationship with food, my own body image and then my clients themselves. So I just absolutely love it and I'm sure I'll talk for four hours and I'm stuff about it. 
Absolutely. Thank you for that, for the intro. And I'm really curious. I think I'm going to stay on the topic of, say, binge eating, because I think this can also be huge for some women and obviously men as well. But I know that I had a really difficult experience with body image as well. And most of it wasn't even about the way my body looked when it came to actually binge eating. It was more about coping with my emotions as well as restriction, of course, but it was like a way out, right? So I wonder like, what where do you think it can sometimes come from when we get to that sort of binge eating like really like going in going through all the presses at night like all of that like really high kind of like high stress behavior I wonder if you could kind of dive into that so that you can maybe give an insight to women who are currently struggling with that yeah I think a lot of people will just put it down to that people have issues with their body and that's it but I think emotional eating disordered eating binge eating is all about control so for some people it's about getting control of uncomfortable emotions stress anxiety people don't do this by choice people do this as a way to cope and people don't do these behaviors with the intention of making things worse they do it to help themselves feel better now obviously hindsight 2020 we know that looking back it's probably not the best coping mechanism but ultimately people are doing this to help them find some form of relief some form of alleviation for this kind of stress anxiety this kind of self-hatred and the more you kind of engage in this behavior the worse it becomes you kind of get tunnel vision it no longer becomes about aesthetics or how you look it's just kind of almost then like a habit or a natural reaction to this kind of discomfort and I think it's also important to realize that it isn't limited by body size so I would say I struggled binge eating for about 15, 20 years, I would say. And because obviously naturally I'm quite lean, I'm very tall and I was obviously very athletic. No one noticed or it wasn't seen as obvious. You know, everyone's kind of like, oh my God, you have such a big appetite. It's kind of celebrated, which therefore I think allowed it to be pushed or allowed it to continue for as long as it was because there was the only shame I had came from internally. Do you know, like if I was in a larger body, everyone would be like, oh my God, the amount that she's eating. Whereas if you're slightly leaner, it's kind of celebrated and so I think that's just something to bear in mind for people as well that it's not directly related to how you look and obviously then for my clients like a lot of it is just about being so unhappy or struggling having a history of dieting or a bad relationship with food it it kind of just spirals on from that because people aren't sure how to eat properly because there's so much misinformation and then obviously you just feel so uncomfortable with your body that it kind of just perpetrates this cycle where you feel uncomfortable, you binge eat to stop, and then you feel uncomfortable as a result and the whole thing just starts again. Yeah, absolutely. It's this kind of like, it's almost when it comes to binge eating, I think it's like that control, as you said. And then it's like this loss of control because of course you binge eat, the control is actually, lo- the sense of control is lost. So it's like, it puts you on a spiral. And then of course, when you binge eat, you probably experience this as well. You go through periods of restriction where like, you're like, not again, like now I have to be stricter, right? And it's, it's this attitude and like false sense of control when you add in even more restriction to the problem. It's like adding a problem to the problem. And I'm assuming as well that a lot of people maybe get therapy or how do you think women can manage it in the best possible way? Because obviously we know that say things like breath work and meditation help because that actually helps you to downregulate, like regulate your nervous system and not be in that panic state. But in terms like I'm curious with what you would suggest to do first if you're struggling with 
binge eating and these really powerful, like really strong emotions towards your body, do you think it's best to like kind of sort your nutrition out first? Like do therapy first, like do all of it combined? Which do you think? For me, obviously my background is nutrition and I'm not a therapist or psychologist. So I don't tend to deal with people that are kind of on the spectrum for binge eating disorder. So most people will kind of conflate binge eating with overeating. So I think it's important to distinguish between the two people to kind of colloquially refer to binge eating as them kind of overeating or emotional eating. So I kind of work with sub just or sub eating disorder clients. So this is kind of overeating, emotional eating, stress eating. And um, from a nutritional perspective, I think the most powerful step that you can take is make sure that you're eating regularly. So for most people, if they're coming from a background of binge restrict, if you are struggling with binge eating, restriction is not the answer. It's not more self-control that you need. You need to support yourself through this. So for most of my clients that start binge eating or that we start working on tackling overeating, we will get them to eat at least three regular meals a day with one or two snacks. So then that physical hunger is gone, which obviously a physical hunger compounds the problem because you already have this intense preoccupation with food. So it's a lot harder to kind of fight these impulses if you're starving all the time. So three meals a day will be a non-negotiable. You're going to make sure that these meals are filling and satisfying so that you're not just eating the diet versions of foods that you actually like. I think a good checklist for people is these three meals a day and they should all be centered around a lean protein source fruit and vegetables and then a carbohydrate and a fat source so this is something that I think I'll get a lot of pushback from clients with they kind of feel that they should be kind of dieting at the same time and people don't want to feel that fullness because they kind of they're afraid that if they start to feel this fullness it kind of reminds them of the sensations of kind of overeating and that kind of uncomfortable feeling but I think the hardest thing for people to buy into but the most powerful thing from a nutrition perspective is that you cannot go hungry and you cannot be focusing on a calorie deficit if you are regularly overeating because it will not help in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And with restriction and things like that, uh, for instance, like I would see examples of even just from myself when I used to binge eat or recur to anything that wasn't good for me per se, I think I felt like a hole in my body as if like I couldn't fill it enough and of course that's extreme hunger sometimes or that's like you just you've been restricting too much but in terms of like the emotional side of it like do you think that there's like an emptiness there like there's a kind of like your self-worth almost needs to be filled or something needs to be filled there do you think that has something to kind of add to it Definitely. And I remember reading or listening to a podcast with someone who had struggled with binge eating and she was saying that it was never, ever about the food. It was she felt so uncomfortable and so horrible in her mind that she wanted to recreate that kind of physical feeling herself to almost kind of justify that feeling of self-hatred, disgust, lack of self-worth. And I think there definitely is an emotional component to it because you almost want to believe like you almost kind of like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy you're like I'm disgusting I'm horrible I'm bloated that you almost create these sensations yourself as a way of rationalizing it so I definitely do think there is an emotional component there yeah absolutely um what do you think then from like there what do you think impacts women most re body image like what do you think affects most do you think it's like social media I know we've talked about dating and we'll go into it a bit later but like do you think it's mostly social media that's impacting it right now so from the research, we the researchers have developed this model. It's called the tripartite model of body image. So it's 
based around female body image concerns. So they flagged the three main influences on female body image as being the media. So the media will perpetrate this kind of appearance comparison, like you have to be the best looking person. And they'll also foster these kind of beauty ideals or lean body ideals. So that's probably one of the main drivers. And then you have your family. So this is your home environment. So again, this will like your family, the kind of not even necessarily your parents, it's down as parents, but it's more kind of like your early life. So what the relationship with food was like when you were at home, were you around an environment where people constantly picked apart your body or their own body? Were you in a household where people were always dieting? Because we know that a family history of dieting is linked to development of disordered eating and body image concerns. And then it's your peers. So this is kind of, again, this comparison when you're younger, everyone wants to fit in. You, you don't want to look like you're an outsider. You want to feel like you belong to something. And as long as we push these ideals of how an ideal woman should look, we are always going to compare ourselves to people that we see ourselves that we should be on the same level as. So that's like an upward comparison. So we'll compare ourselves to people that are doing better than us or a downward comparison, which doesn't really happen for women, where you compare yourself and you think that you're doing better than everybody else. So there is no kind of acceptance of anything. It's always you're either too good or too bad. There is no gray area, which is unfortunate, because as we all know, that's where we should all sit in this gray area. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think women can do that? What do you think we can do about the, all of this comparison, like all of this upward comparison and all of this? For me personally, it would have been releasing any social media, Instagram pages that uh, Instagram in particular that like it was all bikinis or all travels and everything because I love travels but like I didn't need to be seeing bodies like that when I was like not eating enough like comparing myself all the time and basing my worth on my body on my appearance which a lot of us actually end up doing thankfully I don't do that anymore but do you think that going down that road or doing other things would help like what would be your approach like what do you think is best for us to do to not kind of compare ourselves going down that line of constant comparison and restriction and things like that so generally like you said I'll get clients to control what they can so you can't obviously most people have to be aligned for their job or whatever and people also get some value from social media so it's all about kind of limiting your exposure to kind of quote unquote like things that could trigger you so you can mute things you can unfollow them or you can just not engage with them on your explore page you can scroll past it because algorithms will push things that you spent like that are on your phone screen so whether or not you follow these hashtags you're liking these posts as long as you have similar posts open on your phone and you're engaging with them the algorithm is going to record that as something that you're interested in so that would be kind of tailoring your online environment and then when it comes to in the moment things, so I'll get my clients to do this comparison stacking tool. So first of all, we'll just get them to notice, okay, I see this girl, I'm comparing myself to her. She's leaner than me, she's X, Y, Z. And then I'll get them to attach something else about themselves onto it. So they'll often start like, you know, this girl is so much skinnier than me. And then they'll just say something positive about themselves. So it's like, you know, but I really like my outfit today. Rather than picking the other girl apart, well, like she's skinnier than me, but you know, like I have nicer hair than her. It's never about the other person. You just constantly bring it back to yourself and a reinforcement that there are still positive things about yourself that have nothing to do with your kind of relationship to this other person, like as in your metrics around that. Um, so it's just about noticing these behaviors as opposed to kind of creating the shame. I shouldn't be comparing myself. I should just stop this because that's really, really hard. And it will take a long time. Yeah, 100%. And um, thank you for that. 
And then I also, do you know what? I actually just thought of a little story. One of my clients, actually, we were dealing with this this week. And naturally, like I also help my clients with body image and things like that and just kind of going into acceptance mode because if they don't do that, we can't step into like that leveling up, like increasing self-worth and stuff like that. So we absolutely do need to do that. And then I just thought of a story she told me. We tried to go kind of deeper into going back to your inner child and like when was the first time that you found that you were uncomfortable in your body, basically, because it was this concept of like being in a bigger body is bad. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if it's not a small body, like I don't have a small body, like basically listening to her aunt saying, oh my God, isn't your cousin so like basically talking about her cousin saying, isn't she so lucky? She's so blessed to have such a high metabolism and she's so small and thin, right? So like obviously past generations valued like slim, small bodies so much more, like for example, and it leaves us with that information. We're like, what do we do with those beliefs, right? So like, what do you think? Like, do you think from your research and all of that, do you think that it's still going that way that like people are still talking about the small body and like the the weight, like all of this, whereas now we're kind of steering more towards like weightlifting and lifting heavier and still like how do you think that has changed and like is it still kind of there? I think it's there, but it's in a different font. Do you know, mm. like I think like in the early two thousands it was like Victoria's Secret, like people were in low rise jeans, no self-esteem issues. It was that was kind of like you had your heroin chic, all that kind of thing. And then it kind of became this like fitspo ideal. So it's all about uh, having a really low body fat percentage, but also relatively high levels of lean muscle tone for women. And that is just as insidious as inspiration. I think that's what I think inspiration is a little bit more detrimental because fitspiration masquerades as something that helps women. It kind of acts like it wants us to be stronger, like more confident but actually it just wants us to be lean with a big arse. Like that's not, that's just a different body ideal. But again, we do see among social media now, there is this kind of growth of people promoting health at different sizes, body acceptance. We have seen a huge rise in female powerlifting, female participation in athletic events is getting more coverage. Like if you look at the Women's World Cup, these are all performance-based sports, not necessarily women just existing as something to be like fetishized or just looked at as objects. People are actually interested in women as performers, as athletes. So I'm hoping that there's a shift there, but I do also think we need to be careful with the undercurrent of the dominance of image-based platforms. So Instagram and TikTok will always push these kind of ideal bodies. They'll get more attention, they'll get more engagement. So I think it comes, it's probably, at, we're at a crossroads here between, yes, it's great that performance, performance-based goals for women are getting more attention, but also at the same time, if you just look at the engagement of TikTok, if you look at the engagement on Instagram, it is these what I eat in a day, it is these physique based things. So I think that's a little bit harder to challenge. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that a lot. Yeah, I just, you'd kind of wonder, like, how how is it going to kind of improve in a way, like, as opposed to changing the different font for like younger generations? Like, I know my sisters don't really care anymore because they've seen me having an eating disorder and then another one, they're like, we're all over it we're like yeah we're definitely not going to do that anyway (laughs) so we're all over it but like I just wonder about other people it's like okay no more fonts like everything is 
is fine basically like it doesn't matter what it is what size or whatever it's like everything is fine as long as your health is fine then we're happy you know <laughs> so that's that's really interesting and um, and in terms of and this also came up recently in my sessions like in terms of the number on this scale now this drives me absolutely nuts because obviously that was my illness it was like being obsessed about the number on the scale and I typically recommend for people to throw it away unless there's something wrong with their health and they need to get it checked obviously Danny and I constantly talk about this you know when it does come up we're like is like why is that important like obviously when it comes to health it is and if it if it's not what does it tell you? And I don't know what you have to say about that, but like I know some people here might weigh themselves and get paranoid about it. So what do you have for us? <laughs> I think it's tricky because I would say for most people that come to me, the weight of something has always been an issue for them insofar as the scale has always been used as the metric for good or bad. And for most people that have some kind of disordered relationship with food or their body, it is unlikely to be helpful just because of how variable the scale can be. Um, people will also always look to track because that's what they're used to doing, which is hard to break as well. Um, but ultimately, I think for most people, constant daily weighing yourself is extremely unlikely to be helpful. And it's also not really relevant in the grand scheme of things. And it kind of places this overemphasis on the weight as a metric of success. If we're looking at, at health or like a good a good life, I suppose, your scale weight doesn't really impact that in your day-to-day -day life. It doesn't really place much hold on your relationships, your job, any of the things that kind of give you value aren't really scale dependent. And I think adding in the scale just highlight it's just for the most part largely unnecessary, unless obviously you're trying to make weight for a competition or something like that, or obviously your doctor has told you you need to lose X amount of weight for a surgery. And I think for most people that struggle with their body, weighing yourself daily or kind of getting obsessive about that is extremely unlikely to be helpful. And for some people, they can weigh themselves and there isn't this attachment. It doesn't really affect their day. But I think those people are the exception and not the rule when it comes to body image. So I think generally on the whole, if you're struggling with your body image, I think even just not saying you can never weigh yourself again, but just kind of parking it for the moment while you have such a strong attachment to it can be really, really helpful. Yeah, thank you for that. I definitely agree with it. And then I suppose getting into mirror work and things like that. Like I know my clients and I do a lot of mirror work. It's something that's severely helped me with like acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. What does someone do in in your terms, like if they don't like what they see in the mirror overall? So for people, often when they first start working with me, it is a challenge. I'll always get them to write about what they like about their body. And it's always blank, nothing or really sad. So for them, we'll start on focusing on things that are completely non-aesthetic related that most people don't even think of that their body allows them to do. So eat food, walk around, chat to their loved ones, feel connected, laugh, talk, general kind of experiences that we do take for granted when we're lost in the tunnel vision of aesthetics. So this could be something as simple as every day you write down something that you're grateful for, that your body allows you to do. And it kind of just broadens people's horizons because I think we do get so caught up in I hate this about myself I really don't like this but you forget that it's not really your like it's not your body's fault your body is always fighting to keep you alive and by highlighting these processes you just remind yourself of that that your body doesn't exist as something just to be viewed or adored or hated in whatever case it is a functional thing as well 
I love that. I love that. Yeah, that that 100% like gratitude for your body is just like, like when you stop and realize like, whoa, my heart does not stop for one second, just going at it to like keep me alive. Like my legs, what would you do? You know, a lot of us have, now I used to completely like really dislike my legs and it's like, what on earth would you do without your legs? Like there are people who don't have legs and my arms, like for example, I used to be super self-conscious about my arms. Oh, like arm flap, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what would I do without my arms? Now I couldn't care less that kind of way. And like the stomach area, it's like, what would you do without it? What would you do without your stomach? Like we naturally, I think Michelle will be able to tell you that like we naturally have more fat than men there and we're supposed to because we were here placed on this earth to like give birth and we have to protect the offspring even if we don't have babies it's there to protect what we have so just bearing that in mind I love that like I absolutely completely agree with that it's just gratitude for your body even if you do even if you guys write down like one thing a day as Michelle said it makes a huge difference because it's like wow okay my body's just here to do good like <laughs> it's trying its best like so yeah 100% and now the juicy one for us I suppose since we did a post recently about it what about body image and dating I know you found a lot of research there in terms of curious to know about self-esteem and insecurities and we kind of found there's already anxiety there when we go dating in the dating world nowadays it's like a lot of it is online there's just a lot of messiness a lot of chaos how do you navigate like the comparison the whole shebang like how can people do that? Um, definitely think it's a major challenge, especially because with online dating and stuff, it is incredibly shallow. Like and people like, like it's a visual platform. There is no other way because once you start at getting people to add in things about their personality, it's like their unpopular opinions that pineapple belongs on a pizza and you're already like so trying to shift away from that kind of visual representation of people as your worth is very hard in that kind of sphere especially again like you said if you're baseline level terrified of manful stuff or generally just putting yourself out there and you're insecure about your body or whatever at baseline you're more likely to hinge your kind of body image on the kind of success of these kind of dates and whether things go good or bad you're likely to attribute that to your body you know oh well you know he goes with me as opposed to him being an emotionally unavailable loser it's because you didn't get along well or you didn't get along well because you know like if you were just that bit skinnier who would have liked you more that's kind of hinging yourself worth on other people to externally validate you which I think is really really difficult and hard to challenge because that is the nature of online dating you only do get a few photos and a terrible bio that you have to make this view about your compatibility with someone on so that's definitely really really challenging for people so I think ultimately it comes down to doing the work yourself on your body and your building connections outside of dating so that you know that you don't need this idea of having someone else to kind of complete you it's completely irrelevant it's additive as opposed to essential 1000% and then also I just wanted to know like what Michelle said is super important to know and then we also must be aware like fully fully aware and speaking from personal experience there are actually like ultimately there are men or people but we're talking about men here who actually do value women more like who are extremely slim or have the tiniest 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 waist who have like very small breath like whoever particular like they all have their own preferences right and who get like 
I'm going to say obsessed here with this ideal, like slim, small body. And I'm talking from experience here because you guys know that I had that experience with my ex where it was like almost like really, really forcing. Like it was like this had to change. Like your breasts are too big, your waist like this. You look pregnant just standing up. Like, do you know that kind of way? So it's like, yeah, Michelle's face right now. Is that for now? You might hear the internal screaming through the... the right, Michelle is not happy, right? So we must be so... She's raging. She, we must be so, so aware that these men actually exist. And that it's a fact, like, I lived with this man, right? So it's not just... It is possible, like, they are out there, but also there are people who are not like that, right? Like who are extremely not like that and who actually, like I remember I wrote down on my manifestation list, my next partner is going to be the complete opposite. He's going to accept me even if I'm in my fucking pajamas and have a turban on. And that's a fact. Like, it's just like, you have to know and be really clear on what you want when you go dating. And if somebody's an emotionally unavailable loser, then like, read it read the room like don't commit to somebody because when you're basically when your self-esteem is quite low or maybe you've had quite a lot of trauma before or even if you're already dieting it means that Michelle you probably like jump in on this but it means that you don't really have enough nutrients in your brain so you're going to make decisions based off like oh he's like nice and pretty right so like what what do you have to say about like when you're already dieting and like you're going dating you're just not going to be able to make very great decisions right so if you saw my life choices from when I was <laughs> <laughs> it's not a reflection it was a cry for help mm-hmm. yeah but basically so long as you are in that kind of extreme caloric restriction I'm not talking about a general diet phase that's supportive and is helpful for you on your goals and where you're at right now this kind of extreme basically coming back to the kind of binge restrict cycle does make you more preoccupied with food and your body it's a natural response from your brain because you're so deprived of energy obviously as a survival mechanism your brain is going to look for food to keep you alive you are going to be more physique focused because you're hungry you're going to be more focused on these things you're not going to have the energy or the will to look for something else you're going to take the lowest hanging fruit which again is the emotionally unavailable loser so i think it's just something to realize that this kind of poor body image and a bad relationship to food does impact all of your other relationships both with yourself and with other people yeah yeah I love that I absolutely love that yeah that's it it's like don't go for the low-hanging fruit (laughs) summary (laughs) yeah no absolutely I think we've all we can all say we've made some interesting life choices and it's not for us to judge ourselves it's us it's for us to learn and be like right how can I be my most powerful self well that's by eating properly by actually nourishing my relationship with myself and things like that right which is what Michelle and I do for ourselves and like you can do that too and also I'm curious I know this is completely away from relationships but I think it affects women quite a lot and that would be like body image at different phases of our cycle so what would be the queries that you get most like say for example luteal phase seems to be atrocious for body image um, challenges and things like that so or maybe even the week of your um, period as well so what would be kind of like your insights on those yes yeah, so we know from the research that women tend to feel the most dissatisfied in their body right before they bleed so it's kind of like the, the week before pms or sorry, the week before your period, so that is PMS, and then maybe the first day or two when kind of bleeding is at the heaviest, some women are more likely to feel hungrier. 
so they're more likely to eat more and then they will feel a bit more bloated women feel the most uncomfortable in their body because obviously you're preparing to have all your internal organs try and claw their way out of you so that's obviously quite painful um so they've done studies where they've monitored women's perception on their body image over different stages of the menstrual cycle they also weighed them and kind of took their measurements at the same time so women felt the most large or the most uncomfortable dissatisfied in their body right around pms right around menstruation they felt the most dissatisfied but across the cycle their measurements hadn't changed that much so there was no significant difference so yes they might have felt like oh my god i feel absolutely so bloated so horrible but if you look at the evidence their physical representation of that isn't reflected in the research so to me it just goes to show that body image is so <laughs> much more than just kind of your stomach or you know body images in your brain and not your body fat as the saying goes a hundred percent and now I want to ask you like what would be your personal go-to like now that week before your period like when you're PMSing or whatever and um, luteal face and the week of your period like what would be kind of like your go-to like obviously we all need kind of mindset kind of techniques since we know that it's actually mostly in our brain realistically and it's not necessarily like our measurements <laughs> our body is actually changing that much so what would be kind of like your absolute go-to of just being like right like I know what I'm doing so for me I'll always notice it I'll kind of get really 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 hungry and then I'll be like I'll start to notice myself kind of picking myself apart a bit more so when I notice that coming I always like to remind myself and I get a lot of my clients do this is once you realize that that's happening I'll often say nothing that I think about myself is true at this moment in time nothing that I say about myself is true and I'm just kind of going to delay any kind of response to these thoughts for now so instead of being like right I have to start dieting right now because oh my god look the state of me is I don't I can do this just not yet and oftentimes once you kind of get through this kind of intense couple of days the desire to do that passes so I'll always give myself the option of just not now because I think by telling yourself oh well you know you can't feel any of these kind of things you do just make it worse and I think it is a complete denial of your experience so for myself for my clients I'll ultimately get this just to kind of sit with the discomfort obviously do things to distract yourself a little bit but not completely just being like oh well I shouldn't feel this you know it'll be not yet yes it's terrible now but I don't have to act on these thoughts even though I can acknowledge that having them here is not great yeah yeah a thousand percent like there was just even like the week before your period sometimes you get like spots out of nowhere like things like that and it's just like just knowing that okay these are actually hormones like whatever reactions I want to have like they are hormones like this needs to happen it's part of my life so just kind of accepting and be like right maybe it's time to meditate a little bit more maybe it's time to kind of I need to eat more that's okay and not being hard on yourself when you do right it's like okay I obviously am craving more fats that's completely normal yeah so yeah absolutely and lastly like what advice would you give to someone who's struggling at the moment with body image overall like what would be like a few sentences that you could give them I think first of all acknowledge that it's obviously not desirable but it is normal and it's something that's going to take a while for you to overcome but I think punishing your body for existing is not necessarily the answer I would always encourage people to kind of again it's just focusing on this gratitude for non-aesthetic parts of your body no matter how hard it is I think accepting that it is a journey like a, a journey it's not necessarily something that you can just overcome straight away 
and reminding yourself that you do need to do this work you need to do this work more than you need to diet right now and generally I think for people just even trying to have something going on in your life that isn't just your body so bringing in something else so for example if every time you open social media you get really upset or distressed rather than trying to stop or stop following everything stop doing this add in something else so it's something that you like to do that you used to like to do before you became consumed with these thoughts about your body whether it's reading you know like a particular sport or for me it's like all of the Taylor Swift errors <laughs> so adding in something else outside of your physique just give yourself something else to focus on so bring in other things in your life as opposed to letting this thing take over yeah yeah I love that well guys there you go so if any of you are struggling with body image at all take Michelle's advice and also absolutely feel free to follow her and like check herself out she's absolutely excellent for like just putting research into very very humorous posts and every time I see them I'm just like I actually generally I turn to my partner I'm like I don't know how she does it she's so fucking funny like she has me in stitches just by looking at it I'm like how can someone just place research into something funny like it's just absolutely brilliant so yeah thank you so much Michelle for everything for coming on today and for also helping so many women with their body image because it is so much needed and yeah I hope to have you on soon again maybe about dating as well and body image because that's definitely one of my favorites and guys my own personal advice stop going for the low-hanging fruit because it's never going to serve you so thank you for being here and I will see you in the next one (laughs) 